What does it mean to innovate? Many look for the decisive mark of the singular genius or the cutting-edge company. Perhaps the best-known recent example is Elon Musk and Tesla. Not too long ago, it was Steve Jobs and Apple. However, you might be familiar with Mariana Mazzucato's retelling of Jobs' iPhone story. In her reconstruction, she shows how all the constituent technologies of the iPhone, the HTTP protocol, GPS, LCD displays, where technologies developed with state support and often within public bodies. All fundamental innovation had happened previous to the iPhone. While her analysis dispels the I built that theory of innovation, that still leaves Jobs and Musk's actual creativity unexplored, which is the art of assembling new technologies, ideas and business practices into a product or service that changes our world in a meaningful way. We'll talk about this creative work in today's episode in my ongoing series on renewable energy markets. Two main questions drive the series. How are new markets made and what good can products and services do? Today, I'll dwell mostly on that first question. As a case study, I'll take a look at Sunrun, the US solar as a service company. I'll base my examination on a conversation that co-founder and current CEO Lynn Jurich had with energy journalist David Roberts for his Substack newsletter and podcast, Volts, which I heartily recommend it to you all if you're not already subscribed. Here's what to expect. First, I'll give a quick overview of how Sunrun can be considered innovative. Then I'll go into an analysis of what it actually entails to make Sunrun and its business model successful. My analysis is directly inspired by this week's reading, The Rise of the Ecopreneur and the Messy World of Environmental Innovation by Ross Beveridge and Simon Guy, all the way back in 2005. Welcome to the Social Life of Energy podcast. Phase one, solar as a service. When Sunrun started out in 2007, they wanted to increase the adoption of rooftop PV by reducing the upfront cost and the hassle of the paperwork. It did so by paying for the installation of the solar panels itself, becoming the energy provider for the home, offering lower energy bills than the current out contract, and recouping the costs of investment by selling the solar harvest, so to speak. Sunrun was among the first or the very first to offer this lease plus power purchase agreement combo in consumer photovoltaics. Phase two, household energy management as grid service. Now batteries have entered the picture. Their steeply falling costs means it is now possible to perform the same trick as with rooftop PV. With batteries, Sunrun can recoup the costs with grid balancing and peak shaving. Batteries can respond near instantly and importantly, they are installed locally, which means that they can also help balance the distribution grid. In theory then, home and electric vehicle batteries build up to a virtual power plant, a plant that should be able to ultimately replace fossil fuel peaker plants in the growing market for flexible energy capacity. 
street smarts. Right from the get-go, George tells Roberts that she wants to make clear that she doesn't just know the theory of sustainable energy business models, but that she has the street smarts to put them into practice. Street smart is a great way of describing the actual work of putting together all the different social, legal, technical ingredients of a business model. Now, why would that require street smarts? There are obstacles in the way, like red tape and opposition, or at least disinclination from utilities. It can also be difficult to reach homeowners who might not know about this possibility, might be skeptical about its long-term value, fear drawbacks for comfort, and don't upgrade their home very often to begin with, which means there is a small window to catch them. All right, so what work are we talking about then? Storytelling. Street Smarts is all about smoothing. It's about knowing how to sell a story. In this case, a story, and here I quote from Beverage and Guy, a story about sustainability and possible future relationships between the environment and business. Let's take the example of Sunrun's main interlocutors, the electric utilities. To Roberts, they are the main obstacle for distributed energy generation. Why? Because most for-profit utilities make their money selling the construction of new infrastructure to the state, more than selling energy to their customers. So their interests are diametrically opposed to people taking infrastructure into their own hands. Or homes, rather. In response, George tells a story of a world in which distributed infrastructure is no longer opposed to grid-scale infrastructure. In this world, there is enough to go around for everyone. And, and the question that I still would put forward is, we just need both. And we need a lot of it and we need it faster. And, you know, and, and it's like, this is where I get back to, should it, can we have more abundant thinking here? Because I, does the utility need to be three times bigger? You know, that's where we're, that's where we're going. So, okay. So we can deliver a better experience to people and get cleaner faster with, you know, a competitive DER market. And, you know, the, you know, the, we're going to need so much utility scale, solar and wind and, and central batteries and transmission lines. And, you know, it, there's no shortage of value to, to go around. In other words, she's saying getting hung up on this investment-based business model is a distraction. Instead, utilities could remove administrative barriers, which wouldn't cost them anything, but will save parties like Sunrun huge amounts of soft costs and allow them to build out a market that will benefit everyone. We will need so much electricity in the future, everybody can win. Let's not fight over how infrastructural investments are going to be paid for. In other words, she is inviting other actors into her vision. Dissociation and association. Established ways of working are successful because the different ingredients have been made to work with one another. To make room for new ways of working, one needs to loosen the establishment's grip on these ingredients. In Beverage and Guy's words, How does Sunrun disentangle users of traditionally sourced electricity from the web of relationships that they have with the suppliers, consultants and engineers supporting it, and then reassemble them in a new arrangement around its innovation? Sunrun's power purchasing agreement, itself new at the time, 
was meant to lure customers away from more familiar fossil-centric home upgrades that had lower upfront costs. Home solar needed to become attractive and reducing upfront costs and hassle was one way to do that. But it had also lured in the utilities. One of its earliest partnerships with them was to offer the tax credits reserved for home photovoltaic in exchange for cash financing the installations, so-called tax equity investment. It was a way of unlocking large streams of money, especially just after the 2008 financial crisis, but it was also a way to get the utilities on board, disentangling them from their usual mode of operation. It's not just about disentangling though, it's also about linking things up. Take its recent partnership with Ford. The company has made Sunrun the preferred installer of home chargers for the all-electric version of its iconic pickup, the F-150. Ford is betting on Americans' undying love for this particular vehicle, and its place in popular culture is something that Sunrun can capitalize on as well. Enrolling EVs in general into this business model makes financial, technological, and social sense as well. Since people want their cars to run on the sun, ah, and its battery can serve the house and the grid. The messy process of innovation. Loosening and linking does not come without friction. George naturally glosses over that as she is there to evangelize the opportunities not to rub potential or current partners the wrong way. But according to Beveridge and Guy, innovation is all about the messy interplay of competing discourses of business and the environment, the flow of national and local technology politics, the trade-offs, compromises, deals, and conflicting visions. But there is another sense to this messiness. The fact that the ingredients of new business models do not yet align the way that they do in the established ways of working and that it's Sunrun's interest and job to make sure that they do. For distributed electricity generation and virtual power plants to stick, the process of putting them in place needs to be streamlined for everyone involved. This comes to a head in a concept that seemed to dominate the discussion. Soft costs. Soft costs are basically all the costs that are not related to the hardware. It's the labor, it's the administrative process, etc. Electric vehicles are just such a huge unlock for decarbonizing energy, as you know, and the customer experience can still be somewhat confusing. And, you know, people want to make sure that their electric vehicles are powered by renewable energy. I think, you know, right now, a lot of people, they love the electric vehicles, but it's still confusing. You have you have the utility, you have the electrician, you have the dealer, you have the OEM, and many times they don't really talk to each other. And I think that's what we're great at is we're in the home, we can be that energy advisor. And then from a business model standpoint, of course, when you electrify the vehicle, we will put even more solar panels up on the roof. And that incremental power is some of the cheapest to build anywhere because when you are already spending the time and money to go to the house and pull the permit and get the you know installers there, adding a few additional panels are the cheapest kilowatt hours we can put on the grid. As you can see, Sunrun is trying to firstly reduce the messiness for customers, aiming at a sort of one-click buy equivalent for home electrification. 
Secondly, create a more compelling narrative for adoption of Ford CVs. And thirdly, by actualizing connections in their service, reduce friction for themselves and strengthen their business case by increasing generation capacity. So there you go. That's the theory of innovation by assembly. To close, I'll let George have the final illustrative word. Are you going to sell heat pumps too? I forgot to ask about that. Of all the pieces of the yeah, electrified home, that's that a, a be, huge one. I think that would be a natural one as well. Oh, oh, interesting. So, so really like a full home electrification, full spectrum home electrification service. Yeah, I mean, I think we have the ability. You know, if you just look at what we have as a as a company, we have we have the the trucks, the labor, the sales force, the ability to navigate what does your utility look like bill before and after? How does all this interface with your with your electric right. panel? How does it interface with, you know, what you want to do with your car and with your roof? You know, we're at a natural, we're a natural company to, you know, help educate and provide those services. And I think that's one of the reasons why Ford was excited to partner with us as well, you know, because we can help make that customer experience around buying an EV vehicle that much easier because we have experts around electricity in the house. All right. Stay tuned for more sustainable entrepreneurship to follow. If you want to know more about innovation in the energy field, check out the links at the end of the newsletter version of this episode at sociallifeofenergy.substack.com. For now, take care.